Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody. And welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Icon Halo Show. We talk all things Halo because we love Halo. We're back with episode 45. I'm your co-host, Joelville Joshua Hargis. Joining with me as always is my buddy, my pal, my friend, Mr. Brian Arvett. But joining us for the first time is friend of the show. You might know him on Twitter as Big Dog Mills, a.k.a. our buddy Ian. Ian, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? I am excited to be here. We're excited to have you, man. Uh, I just know you as the, the flyest looking dude in Halo gear. On the yeah, <laughs> that is People a pick pick me up. I know, right? They need to like that. You look like you should be modeling their gear. I'm gonna tag Halo Gear in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I saw that picture. I was like, that needs to be on like one of their uh, one of their images whenever they promote the new like merchandise. And stuff it was like fly. That. I don't I don't retweet that many people just wearing their gear, but I was like, this needs to go up on the Sacred Icon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we we just had Ian. We, we brought Ian on. We're gonna we're gonna ask him about kind of how he got into Halo, and uh, then we kind of want to touch on what it was like for him uh, getting Halo Four because we we saw a picture on the Twitter. Maybe we can link it or something on this episode below. But uh, of him just crashed out on his bed after staying up late to get Halo Four. So, but yeah, Ian. So like, just tell us first off, like, uh, how'd you discover Halo? How'd you get into Halo? So. Uh... I, I got an Xbox in 2002. I just got back home from uh, visiting my grandma in Michigan. And we, uh, me and my brother, we played the Halo demo. And we played the crap out of it. Like, we, we knew the silent cartographer, like, the back of our hands. So, like, yeah. <laughs> and we will always see, like, the ending where it's, like, Sergeant Johnson, like, advertising, like, it's like, Halo, like, we have all these multiplayer levels, all these campaign levels. You have to play the game. Go and buy it. So, like, beg my mom to buy it. She comes home with Halo. Me and my brother, we just play through the entire game. Like, we're exploring around the ring and everything. And, like, we're just, like, in awe of, like, this massive environment and, like, these different, like, weapons and, and all, like, all the different, like, environmental changes on, like, from there. There's, like, the, you know, Pillar Autumn, the ring opening scene. There's a huge, like, snow map. And then there's like the uh, just getting just being able to get in the Banshee, all those other just really cool things about Halo. And you know we get to like level four, the silent cartographer, and we go through that 
It had to be like a world record, like how fast. <laughs> I, was say, I was literally going to say if you did, I'm like, I bet it took you like 30, 40 minutes on each level beforehand. You got to that level and it was like six minutes. <laughs> yeah, I like I like blinked and it was over. I was like, oh wow, Look, we're going we're going underground. Yeah, like uh, I'm done with this. I'm ready to see where this game goes. Yeah, and after that, like I, I was hooked. Like I like Halo was everything to me at that point in time. And oh yeah, it, it, from that from then it was just like a. It's, it's just been like a it was a it was a family affair and it was a, just a really good relationship with Halo. Man, I completely forgot about that Sergeant Johnson like video. I never saw that back in the day until like years later. But dude, I love those. Yeah. They actually did promote. Th- I remember they did one for the PC for like the Nvidia chip or whatever it was. Or yeah. Like oh yeah, card. Yeah, like I didn't see some of that until far later on. Like when I Halo think some of that advertising with Sergeant Johnson and, and the PC version all that stuff. That's very indicative of like. You can tell Microsoft was like discovering what it was like to get into the console business and like really start to put out real games. They're like, we think we got something with Halo here, so we're gonna have the Sergeant Johnson guy, you know, advertise stuff. We're gonna advertise our graphics chips. Um, the one thing that always like peeves me is that I wish I could see more of the actor who plays Sergeant Johnson. He's very shrouded in mystery. What's his name? David Scully, I think. David Scully. Yeah. Sound right? Okay. I thought. So. I mean. Ian, have you ever seen much of him, like in behind-the-scenes interviews or anything? I can't find. No, him. it's 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 like hard to find him. I think there was like a few scenes where, like, I think he was doing like some Halo Two stuff. Yeah. And uh, and but other than that, it's like it's just really hard to find like bits and pieces of uh, David Scully behind-the-scenes work, and just in general, like he doesn't do a lot a lot of work outside of uh, what he's already done. So. Yeah, I, t- I totally respect that he is. It, most likely, he wants to be remain private, and I totally respect that. It's just we like the guy so much, so you know he's one of the most iconic characters in Halo, and usually in that case, you would you would uh, you know more about him, but we really don't. Um, and I think it's I think Josh mentioned not too long ago that in that Halo Two documentary, they don't even show Steve Downs' face they all the barely, way. Like you see his mouth or something like that. Yeah, it was it. crazy. I was like, come on now, like they were keeping Master Chief under wraps for the longest. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. what's this dude look like? I got to see his face. We don't want yeah. you to see him. <laughs> I think I heard Steve Downs in an interview once say that he didn't really realize how big Halo was until after Halo 2 came out. Like, I guess he didn't even realize it as much with 1. Didn't he say there um, was, like, a story about his, was it his kids or grandkids or something like that? Like, all their friends were wanting to get his autograph or yeah. something like that? Like and he that was just was like, story. wait a minute, this is big. you know. And now, of course, he's he's embraced it fully and... He's on Cameo, and he's at Outpost Discovery and everything. Uh, you you got to go to Outpost Discovery, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was a really, like, memorable experience. Um, Outpost Discovery was, like, the the first time I was able to get with the Halo community as a whole. Because, like, normally I would go to, like, tournaments and stuff like that. So, like, it was, that was very competitive. So, a lot, of, a lot of competitors. But just getting with, like, the Halo community as a whole, like, the, the artists, uh, you know, the lore fanatics... Um, just like content creators, just overall fans, like people that just are there that who who love Halo, and um, that that was something that was just it was not really awe inspiring, but it was it was it, it was very wholesome, like yeah yeah overall good Halo experience, and then. Well, I- I can only imagine that people were less negative at Outpost Discovery, right? Oh, everyone was there to celebrate. Exactly, like it was uh, it was just people who loved Halo all getting together. And you know anyone you bumped into, you you would just talk about Halo. It was, it was just. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I wish this was like real life. Like I could just go out on the street. <laughs> I and wish it was. Talk about Halo. Right? Exactly. 
Yeah, that's I don't know about. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I was just gonna say the older I've gotten, like back in high school, I remember when it was like when everyone was playing it before Call of Duty came out, or at least Modern Warfare. Like everyone, there was always someone I knew to talk about Halo with. And then as I got older, it was like people had moved on. I was still playing Halo. They moved on to all these other games. I, like, I want to talk about Halo, but then Gears became popular and all this other stuff too. So it's cool. I mean, that's one of those things I hope they end up doing again because I'd really like to go to those and, and get those experiences. Anyone who we've talked to that's gone to Outpost Discovery has nothing but good things to say about Yeah. And of course, now we got the pandemic. So it's like, like they already weren't doing one this year. And then it's like, that was they announced they weren't doing one this year before the pandemic. Right. And now there's the pandemic. It's like, could be a while. Exactly. Yeah, that opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah it's true. it's weird because like nowadays, like on the Twitter, it seems it feels like the world loves Halo. It feels like everybody loves Halo. But then in practice, like I go to work or something, and I I tell somebody like, oh, yeah, I run a Halo podcast, and they're like, is it that isn't that that one game with that that blue chick or something? Like, <laughs> they don't even hardly know what it is, you know. So. <laughs> Um, it's just not it's just not the same as it as it used to be as far as popularity goes. Yeah. But um but yeah. So uh what what is your what's your favorite Halo, Ian? Oh, that's a that's a hard choice. Like uh I like them all for different reasons, but uh it's like a tie between 2 and 4 for different reasons. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So like like 2 has a special place in my heart. Like nothing can replace that. Um and then four, it's just like a lot of good memories made through four. So like, if- tell us a bit about uh, about that experience with four because I was someone who didn't really get into four like when it was coming out. I got in kind of after it because I was just a bit out of gaming at that time. But I know Brian was super excited. What was that like for you? So for me, like four just fell in fell into place. It was because uh, I was I was just going through like a huge transition in life. Like I had jo- just joined the Marines and. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was always on the move, and I always needed like that that stability. And like Halo Four kind of brought that. It's like hey, I had that one constant and in between all these variables. So like, I was always able to hop on Halo Four and, and play with friends, and you know, just have just have good overall experiences. It was kind of so, like a good anchor in that sense. Like kind of kept you tied to all that. Exactly. Stuff. Absolutely. See, I love I love those kind of stories because it's like the it's the real like the real life stories like that where it's like. You know, the to the people, and there's not there's not too many of them. I I never want to spotlight too much, just like the negative side, because I truly believe Halo's got awesome, positive, um, amazing people. But um, you know, for the people that are like, you know, Halo Four, I don't like that. I wish it never existed. That the game's awful. It's like you you're 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 not like thinking about the real life practices of like what that game's done for people. Like some people became fans of Halo because of it. Like for you, you said like it was your anchor at a time where you could just kind of relate with friends and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, you know, I, I, different halos are important to different people for different reasons, and I, I just I think it's so important to respect that, you know. Exactly. Like everybody has like uh, I would say like some type of connection. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody has like some type of connection to whatever game that they play. And it, it, whatever experiences that they have through the game, whether it's you know through friends, family, um, just real world experiences or virtual experiences, like uh, I can go back and remember like I made like I had some of the greatest times getting the vidmaster achievements through Halo Three because like chasing after that recon armor and you yeah. know, getting friends together like <laughs> that w- that was like pinnacle that was like the pinnacle of just like achievement hunting for me. I, I've never really been a big achievement junkie, but like getting the recon armor and going through the vidmaster was like the biggest hazing of halo 
hockey experience. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I, an endure achievement. Oh yeah. god! I was just gonna ask you about endure. That's crazy. I was just gonna say it because I was gonna say, I, I'm like you. I'm, I don't really care about achievements, but I was like, I'm gonna. There was a point in my life where I'm like, I have to have all Halo achievements. And when it, when ODST came out, and you read the endure achievement, at first you read it and you're like, okay, that sounds hard. And then you try it and you're like, okay, this is really hard. <laughs> Do you know what that is, Josh? The endure achievement. I can't remember. You want to explain it, Ian? What uh, is it exactly? So it was a firefight achievement during like 2007 internet, where like everybody's internet isn't really that stable, and anybody can get DDoS at any given second. Yeah. So those that just, that's just some like background information. But endure, I think it was like you have to get it's like some ridiculous wave and some ridiculous level on heroic firefight on, on Halo 3 ODST. While brutes and like, and uh, brutes, jackals, grunts, and what are those? The buggers are just yeah, just oh, yeah. brutalizing you the entire time. Yeah, it and was so it was basically like, uh, so it was a certain mission. Well, you could choose the map actually. I believe. I think we. I think there was like there was an internet forum to like talk about the best to give yourself the best possible chance of beating it. So everybody was going to the same level. I don't know which level it was. But uh, you had to achieve this really high score. And the only way to achieve... So, you know, you you get more points depending on the difficulty you're on. Right. So you could... If I remember right, I think you could technically play Endure on, like, normal difficulty. It might have had to be Heroic or higher. Yeah, it said in Firefight on any mission past the fourth set on four-player Heroic Live Co-op. And I think everybody chose that one map. Uh, It was like you could funnel people in from outside. Yep. But, uh, what you're talking about? Yep, yeah. yeah. It looks like it looks like the top of like an uh, a building. Yeah. So so basically, Alpha um, Site. That's what it was. Alpha Site. Yeah. So you could choose heroic or legendary, but basically, when you went online, because this was such a frustrating achievement that you went online and there was a, as a guide to the best way to do it. So you picked Alpha Site, you picked heroic, and here's the thing, Josh. This is why it was so hard. Like, not only was it hard to live this long, okay. but what made it so hard was. More or less, regardless of skill, you had to be in an online multiplayer firefight with other players for four hours straight. Ooh. Now, you can't... I, I It's been a long time since I played that, but you couldn't invite people in during, correct? Like, if you only no. went in with three, you couldn't. Okay. If, 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 if anybody was... Like, that was the thing is, like like Ian was saying, like, the internet was not very good back then. So, here, here was my experience. When I played at my house, I had, like, satellite or... Or DSL or something. Oh, damn. I, I, first time <laughs> I remember I, those days. First time I played, I got about two hours deep, and we wiped. We died. We couldn't okay. beat. So I was like, okay. I was pissed, but I was like, okay. That's first time, whatever. <laughs> Second time, we got three and a half hours deep, and my internet went out. <laughs> so I was, at that point, I was outraged, and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to do this. But then I had a friend at school who had really strong, secure connection. So I asked him if I could come over to his house one night after school and just spend four hours playing it. And I went over to his house, and we and I spent four hours on that good connection, and I actually got the achievement. But it was so hard because you just can't rely. And there was no matchmaking, which then again, that's probably a benefit because you want to have people you can really trust. You want to invite them in yourself. But there was no way to matchmake. So you had to find three other players about that. that you could trust and then go four hours. And then the thing, too, is like, you don't want to get pissed at your buddies, but like you only have so many lives. So like if somebody melees you or shoots you with a rocket, you're like, like, dude, we don't got we don't got the lives to spare. You know? 
<laughs> do you think have they said if they're having a matchmaking for that for uh yeah i believe mcc so. okay i would think that they radio? would like, yeah yeah i think they're having matchmaking for it i like it was like just 2007 2008 time frame was just super weird because i would have to get people together on halo 3 and and like convince them to do the vidmaster with me I'm like, hey man, I just need to get this. This is the last one I need to get recon armor, and nobody. Some people really wanted recon armor, but uh, some people didn't care as much. Mm-hmm. Some people just like to, you know, chase achievements. But it was weird because Vidmaster wasn't really worth a lot of points. I think it was like twenty-five or zero at some. Case. I think it's zero. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. I do remember them. I just don't remember. You see, I, I didn't do a lot of firefight at the time. I did a little bit of it, which was fun. But at the time, I was so focused on the actual multiplayer, multiplayer. On the competitive side, that I was like, ah, I don't want to do the co-op against yeah, AI I think, and stuff. I feel like it, I've changed is, now, but yeah, this is definitely just a personal opinion because I definitely know a lot of people will disagree. But like for me, ODST's firefight felt really like it felt like such a vital, important, well thought out mode. And then in Reach, firefight was still really good, but it felt more like an arcadey fun experience. Exactly. Would you yeah. agree with that, Ian? Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed uh, ODST's firefight more than. Uh, reaches or halo 5's firefight yeah and yeah it's it just because like uh the importance of the lives and like the the vitality of being an odst made it a lot it just put a lot more weight behind uh, of like every every move every death that you make and um it, every move you make i'll be watching <laughs> <laughs> do you play do you play gears at all ian uh, I played some. I, I haven't really played Gears since like Gears Two. I played some Gears Five. Um, okay. I got I got to experience that a bit, but uh, Gears Two was like pinnacle for me once they had the horde. When I got to experience horde mode. That's okay, good, because that's the only reason I asked you is because I was say Josh has played quite a bit of Gears Two Horde, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Halo ODST's firefight was very much like that. Obviously, it was inspired by that, but. You know, in Gears 2 Horde, it was pretty simple. It was like you and your buddies, you try to hold up in an area and live. And that's why, like, that was before Gears had all, like, the traps and additions and stuff like turrets you can build. So that, in Gears 2, people would, like, try to get those Marauder shields and set them up to block yeah. the yep. wall. Block the <laughs> so that's kind of like how, that's that's how I would compare it. It's like, ODST's Firefight was, you're not Spartans, you're really susceptible to death, to, to damage. You have limited ammo. Um, they keep upping the difficulty, adding more skulls as you play through the different waves, and then and you're like trying to find health packs and stuff. And it was this really cool camaraderie of like, you know, it's like black, you know, it's like black. What's that? What's that skull called? Uh, there's tough luck. There's like black eye. Black eye. Um, it would be like tough luck, black eye. And it would, you hear him list off. And at one point he's like, he's list off like nine skulls, and it's like. Oh, you know, it's like <laughs> I never way got that. started, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm on low on ammo. There's like one health pack la- left. There's four of us, and we're like, okay, we need to save that health pack. And like, and somebody accidentally picks up the health pack. It's like, what are you doing? No! You know? And it's just like, just such camaraderie, and just such like, you know, down to the wire. And it's really cool too when you're like, you know, the last guy standing, and you think like you're gonna die, and then he just pulls some crazy hijinks and and pulls through and. So cool. Then you get to like once you get to reach, and same goes for gears. Once you get to like gears three and stuff, you know, gears three introduced like you put up turrets and wire cutter or uh, like what do you call them? Like fenced fenced wires. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then and then in reach, it was like it was highly customizable, and you were Spartans, and it just kind of it was a blast. But it felt more like hey, let's go and just kill enemies for fun. Where firefight was like, man, our backs are against the wall. So, Hmm. but 
Yeah, yeah and I like from the excited. yeah, and, and the, from like the lore aspect too, it's like everything happens in like New Mombasa. So you just got done playing ODST, and like you have like this really like sense of like camaraderie from like all the other like the, your fellow ODST. Yeah. So like you, yeah. and then you get your buddies in there, and like and like they're already they have all of them have like their voice lines are saying. So like you, you still have this sense that you're like playing part of like the the campaign, with just in like the survival aspect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ian, I just thought I just thought of our podcast episode, and it's brilliant. It's going to be called well, which episode are we on now, Josh? Forty-five. Episode forty-five. Endure. Feet. Ian. Big Dog Mills. <laughs> I like that. Boom. I, like I love that. it. If I could have one request for like MCC, it's like bring back Sergeant Johnson as a playable character in ODST yes. Firefight. Yes. Is it, isn't he in there? I don't know. I, I thought I saw I, people people yeah, play that. I haven't. I haven't got. To, I haven't got to play the flight because. Uh, because my PC has been acting wonky, oh, so like I hope I just hope that like, we get Sergeant Johnson in there because like his ODST firefight commercial is is legendary. Oh yeah, dude, it's so good. I I love that they put Johnson in ODST, and I'm I'm pretty positive. I mean, he's in the character creator thing, so I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I've seen people playing as him. But yeah, dude, that was a it was almost criminal that you couldn't play as him unless you pre-ordered the game. I was gonna say I bought that I bought ODST. A bit after it was out, so I completely missed out on that. And when I found that out, I was pretty butthurt. I was. I went and bought. Come I went and bought. Me too. I went and bought the code online because you know the funny thing is, Ian. I don't know. I don't know how. I'm not sure exactly what age you are. I'm 28. So when uh, Halo 3 came out, I was 15. But then by the time ODST came out, I was like thinking more about girls than I was video games. So I I didn't buy. I didn't get ODST at launch, which sounds like heresy to a Halo fan. But it was more like, you know, I, I had my first girlfriend. I was like, I, you know, whatever. So I got it a few months late, and then I never got... And then I found out like a year later that, oh, I didn't have Johnson. So I ended up buying the code online the, from like eBay, you know, because I got to have Johnson. got to have my boy Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, and that's just cool that like ODST... ODST just holds such a special place in my heart because it's like... To me, that's like... And I know it's shorter, but to me, that's that's a full game in my mind as far as like... I hold I hold it as dear as the other Halos, and you know you get Johnson in that final cutscene with uh, the engineer, and you get Johnson in multiplayer. You, you know that's where Buck was introduced. Uh, Definitely good. He's a good selling point, I think, looking back in retrospect, compared to Chief, since you know it's very much not about Chief, and you have Johnson, who even though he's a Spartan one, he's like still kind of closer to ODSTs in a way, you know. So you use him, advertise him. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was. Because for me, when Halo 3 came out, after a while playing that, I remember, I think the same year, Bioshock came out, and like Mass Effect came out, and there was all these other games, I think Assassin's Creed maybe, and I was like playing all this different stuff, and by the time it kind of got to that point, I was just kind of like out of it, so I kind of missed, kind of missed that experience, but I think, had I been super excited for that, knowing what it was, and it wasn't like a mainline game... I think it would have been super hyped because of Johnson. Like that would have what that would have been what pulled me in, for sure. Yeah. But Ian, I was gonna ask you. Uh, you mentioned Halo Two being like pretty special to you too. What uh, what about that one? Does it? I mean, I know Halo Two is Brian's favorite. Uh, I got a huge soft spot for Halo Two as well because of the, all the lamb parties I had back in the day. So, what about it for you? So so for me, Halo Two was uh, I I had got it on my birthday. Um, nice. So I, I got it. It's it actually a little bit earlier because my birthday landed after Halo Two. Uh, well, actually, the other way around. I got it after my birthday because Halo Two released after my oh, birthday. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, 
and it was like I got I I got to wait in line for Halo Two at age of like thirteen. So like nice. I waited in line for over a day, and uh, I got to be the third person in line. I got I got Ooh. my Halo I got my Halo Two regular edition. I ended up saving money and going back to get the the steel steel case yeah. edition. Nice. I should have got it at launch. It was only five dollars extra. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What a great edition for five bucks. Like, extra. Dude, it's it's insane. Like n- n- unheard of. I don't think any other game has ever done that. No. Well, that was yeah. wasn't that the precedent? Like that was the first game to really do a limited edition. Yeah. Yeah. You I, I, I was thinking about that. Like Halo kind of set the standard for that too. Because my I don't know if you saw on the, on the Twitter, but my wife just bought me for my birthday a couple weeks ago the Halo Three Legendary helmet. Yeah. I didn't have badass. one. Yeah, and, I, and I'm ha- I'm looking at it in my room, and I'm thinking like, you know, like I know that like a lot of games started doing statues afterwards, but this Halo Three helmet is really high quality. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen some other statues come out where it looks like kind of a rush job, or it looks like not as much. But they, I mean, I I don't have any insider information, but I'd have to wager that like, if uh, you know, like if if statue editions today come out, maybe maybe the statue costs twenty and they sell it to us for fifty. Well, I feel like the Master Chief helmet, maybe it cost them 40 and they sold it to us for 50 You know, I feel like the profit margin was probably lower with how good a quality it is. Oh, yeah. But, uh, it, has a, it has a nice finish. It has a nice uh, visor reflection. Like, yeah. Oh, man. And then you can so, put the, the disc inside the case. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that, Josh? It has, it has a that. slot inside the helmet. To, because at that time there's only three Halo games. It has a slot for you to put your three copies of Halo, Halo 1, 2, That's 3. That's badass. Of course, nowadays wow. it's like, where's my other 11 slots for my new Halo game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, go, go ahead, Ian. You were talk, talking about yeah. Halo 2. I kind of interrupted you. Yeah, so uh, I, I think the summer the summer of uh, 2004 or three, um, I, I watched the E3 demo for Halo 2, and like I was like, I have to get this game. I was it's like, a need. Like I have to like, cause uh, it was a, it was a finish for the it was a so like it was a part where like the brute hops on the uh, warthog and yeah. like just throws yeah. the guy out and then like yeah and then like at, then Master Chief hijacks the ghost and I'm like he drives up you know he gets he gets down elites start dropping out of the sky and drop pods and then Master Chief's like char- like like a uh, prime set that uh <clears throat> plasma grenade. Yeah, and then Cortana's like, "Bet you can't stick it," and he goes, "You're on." And I was like, "I have to." It's over it. after that. You're in. It's like, does Bungie know what they're doing to to kids all over the world? <laughs> We're so hyped, our eyeballs are about to pop out of our heads. You know? <laughs> I was, I was just like, I, I was like, I have to get this game. I was like in class, like drawing Halo Two, failing math at the same time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I was like, oh god. Was a uh, was with that having Xbox Live at the time? Was that something? Like, did you have internet for that, or were you able to be a part of that right away, or after? No, so I, I had to get in, like, a year after, because, like, I did not have internet, like, the, like I had dial-up at the time, and Xbox yeah, Live needed broadband, so, like, I could not get into Halo 2 until, like, we upgraded our internet. So, like, I begged my mom, I was like, oh, please, please, please <laughs> let me play. So, I did, like, so, like, we upgraded the internet, I got it all set up, and then find out I need to get the Xbox Live kit. I was like, oh, crap. So I had to show my mom. I had to show my mom the Xbox Live commercial, like the really corny ones. Like, hey, I just got the Xbox Live. My nickname <laughs> is Dark Master. Like, those yeah, commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so like those commercials. I had to show my mom those commercials and like, hey, I need this, this, and this. And she's like, you said we need the internet. It's like, <laughs> I was only in it for the internet. Like, but, but please, like, 
I need to do this to play with my friends. I was like, if you want to play with your friends, you can tell them to come over just like you did with the other game. <laughs> it's, it's not the same. You're like, man, Xbox, you're making it hard for me to convince my mom. She's like, okay, I got you the internet. And you're like, okay, I need the kit. You're like, you just said internet play. What? Yeah. You're talking about this kit. And they want my credit card information. Microsoft I was trying to say, my bank account. I remember how big of a deal that was back then when my dad was helping set mine up. He was like, I don't like doing this, but he's like, okay, you know, and I was like, please, I'm over there in the corner while he's on the phone with support, and I'm just like, please. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'll do anything for you. I'll mow the lawn all, all summer long. Yeah, I say that, and then I didn't want to do it after. <laughs> right. Once you give me Xbox Live, I'm, dad, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to mow. You know, what's, um, you know what's a funny story real quick is that I remember having, it was, I think, like a, I could be wrong, but I think it was a three-month starter kit. It was like a starter kit, and it came with Crimson Skies. And I remember not opening that for the longest time because I didn't have Xbox Live. And it was like months after the fact. Because I think I'd gotten, for my birthday, I'd gotten like a 12-month. So I didn't even need that three-month at the time. And when that was running out, I, I opened it up to activate that three-month. And inside is that copy of Crimson Skies. And I'm like, Does it game I... I did not realize that I had a, a free game in this box the entire time that I could have played online, and it blew my mind. Crimson Skies was awesome to me, so Man, it was just crazy to think. You want to hear something ridiculous? It's like so I was I was like Ian, we had dial up, and I I'm looking at the back of my Xbox, and I'm seeing the port for the Ethernet cord, and I'm going, this dial up cord's smaller than that port. So I'm I'm since my parents aren't going to buy broadband, I'm looking if there's like a a dial-up to Ethernet converter cable. <laughs> so I can yeah. use dial-up. I was right there with you, dude. <laughs> you dumb kid. You don't know what. You have oh, no God. idea what's going on here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but the, no, the struggle was real. Like we're we're all in the similar similar enough age. Yeah, I didn't get know. it until 2006. I remember. Anyway, yeah, like was... get. Trying to get your parents to get you the Xbox, get you the internet. I remember, and I won't go through the whole story again because it's literally probably the most told story on this podcast. But like when I first played Halo Two, I played Halo Two first. I didn't get to play Halo One first, and when I played it at a buddy's house, it was like because beforehand my favorite games were Nintendo games like Zelda, Mario, and stuff. And I played Halo, and like I played Cairo Station. I'm like, this is badass. And I played. I got to outskirts, and I I started getting the Warthog and hijacking stuff, and I was literally blown away and i left my friend's house and i came home it was december christmas had just happened like i this was the day after christmas oh. and i come home and i'm like i'm like mom i i need a i need an ex dad i, I got an xbox and they're like you already have a gamecube a playstation one and an n64 there's no reason you need another console my like, there it's the only one that's got halo <laughs> and, and i had to beg for eight months and then it was my birthday august of the following year they got me an Xbox with Halo 2, and, I, and I've been telling my brother for eight months, I'm like, this is the best game ever. I said, every game you've ever loved is crap compared to Halo 2. <laughs> and it was such a ridiculous kid thing to say, but like my brother was like, yeah, this is this is the best thing ever. We used to just stay up late in coagulation and our warthogs. We each get a warthog, we just crash each other, see who'd die first, just keep crashing and crashing and crashing. Because we didn't have Xbox Live or anything, so... Man. Yeah, man, it was just fun amazing. times, but it's crazy all the stuff we tried to do before we had Xbox Live. Just trying to like, the memories I wouldn't trade. Most, yeah. I wouldn't trade the struggle. Yeah, the did, struggle made for good memories. Did you get to do any LAN parties uh, prior to getting Xbox Live, or did that stuff kind of come after? Um, so I I did a couple LAN parties, but like it wasn't anything crazy. It was just like my friend would bring his Xbox over, and we'll just like system link, 
And uh, we'll try to see as many people we get. I think we got up to eight. Nothing. Oh, nice. Wild. That's even more than I ever got. Yeah. But it was only with uh, Halo CE, no Halo 2. Halo 2, it was kind of isolated. It was just me and my brother. And uh, I would just kick his butt in Ivory Tower a lot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Love that. Now, man. are you still better than him? I'm sure you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> see, I, me, saw him, I, I saw him stream before, and that was, man, he, he was good. You were killing it on Breakout. Yeah, my, my brother doesn't. Uh, he doesn't play Halo anymore. Sad. That's sad. That's sad. Sad. We made so many good memories, and he just doesn't play. He doesn't even play Xbox anymore. He just he has one. He just doesn't play it. I was like, no. Come some on, people grow out of that stuff, and some people it's it's there for life. You know, like the three of us here. You know, I I don't I don't see any of us ten years from now just saying, oh yeah, I don't really play Halo anymore. We're gonna be we're gonna be on it. Um yeah. I oh yeah, I'm gonna be forty probably making some content. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'll be 40, you know, I'm going to get up, make my kids eggs and bacon. I'll, I'll make some content. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so what was uh, what was it like going into Halo 3 then for you, like hype-wise compared to Halo 2 and stuff? Oh, man, hype. So Halo 3 was big, but like the hype for Halo 2 was, in, it was it was like insurmountable. I don't even, I can't even explain. Like the, the hype behind Halo 2 is, is, is like worldwide like halo 3 is up here but like halo 2 is like okay. some next level stuff okay i like that perspective because i feel like some people would say halo 3 was higher <clears throat> like like like, like i like i appreciate it like you know like all the campaign marketing for halo 3 like like, like this is the way the world ends like uh it was the believe the believe one was was intense and then uh was it the um but like for me i love like day at the beach at halo 2 uh, yes. Oh my god! Like that was Ugh. that was golden. Um, One of my favorite parts of Halo Two is just yeah. It, I feel like that's forgotten a lot by a lot of it people because it, it happens during the campaign, but like it's really like it's just a little side one-off story that like shows you how the world around you is reacting. Um, well, and for those of you that don't know the the, the day at the beach cutscene, which most people listening probably do know, but it was a it was a cutscene that takes place. During outskirts in Halo 2, there's a part in Halo 2 where you hear over the the radio comms like, uh, uh, "Our pilots didn't make it." The ODST guy says, "You know, we got hit, but our pilots didn't make it." You know, and in the there originally was a cutscene that was going to be there in Halo 2, but it got cut from the game. And you can watch the the cutscene online. It's called Another Day at the Beach. But another thing people might not know is that the when Halo 2 anniversary was made and the blur cinem- blur did the new cinematics for Halo 2 they actually remastered the another day at the beach cutscene such a good move obviously you can find it on YouTube but it it's, it was mostly marketed as you could go check it out on the Halo channel but to use the Halo channel it's basically like launching a spaceship from NASA so i would recommend just going to YouTube um, but <laughs> i remember i remember that cuz it came out on the multiplayer map pack disc didn't it yeah yes it okay. did i have that too yeah that's yeah i remember that being on there and it just blew my mind because I remember thinking, like, that was, uh, you know, looking back on it now, too, we were just talking about ODST and, like, that was so cool for me because it was, like, getting to see the world of Halo from a perspective that wasn't Master Chiefs. And I didn't know that we would later on get Halo 3 at ODST, but, like, seeing that, I feel like, made me be completely open and excited about the idea of ODST or just a story that didn't have Chief in Halo. You know, outside of the books and stuff, of course, but, like, it's just so I don't know how to explain it. I still remember the final shot, you know, after they kill that elite and the camera's panning away and they're talking to Cortana and stuff like that. And I was just like, I know it's ending, and I'm like, no, don't go, because this is like my last new piece of like Halo 2 content at that time in terms of like story. And I just I wanted to live in that world more. It was so cool to just see. I think more it's of an it. inc- I think that was the first inkling for Halo fans that hey, 
this universe is bigger than just Master Chief, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, wouldn't it? It was shortly after that with, with Halo 3. Uh, I think I think with Halo 3's marketing, with the, uh, you know, Landfall by Neil Bloomkamp, and some of those little things, that kind of started to help build out that the world was bigger. And then around, I think right before Halo 3 launched, a couple months before is when they announced Halo Wars was going to be a thing. And you're like, okay, Halo Wars, that's going to expand the universe. And then we get ODST, and it was really kind of started to open up. That's the one thing I kind of like... And I don't fault 343 at all for going into Halo 4 because I adore Halo 4. And I definitely wanted to see where Master Chief's story went. But, like, Bungie had spent a significant chunk of time before handing off the franchise expanding it through, like, ODST and Reach and all these things. And making it... They kind of handed it off to 343 saying, here you go. We've just proven that Halo works without Master Chief also. You know, and then they decided to go with Master Chief longer. Which I think made us all happy because we love Master Chief. You know, but you want it all, you know. But you can't have it all. So, but anyways, back to like Halo Three. So you said uh, you really enjoyed the marketing and everything, but it wasn't same hype level for you. No, it, uh-huh. it, it just didn't. Uh, I don't know, like because like CE kind of just paved the ground for Halo Two to just be just just huge, while Halo Two was like a beast in itself. Like what's gonna you know like like me in my mind like nothing's gonna get better than Halo Two. Then it announced Halo Three, and I'm like, it's still not Halo Two, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no, that's how I felt. Halo Two, but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you, I was just saying, you know, I guess I didn't ask you. I'd, I'd love to hear, like, um, so how much did you like Halo One story and campaign? And then, and then when you went into Two, was Two story and campaign? Did that make you happier, or were you one of those people that were like, it's not as good because the Arbiter and the ending? Uh, so I loved Halo C's campaign because. Uh, it, it it had like this this huge like mysterious environment it had like that a horror aspect. Uh, yes. So it was, it was a lot of exploration, discovery, um, and, and and really good combat. And then uh, I love Halo Two. St- uh, like Halo Two kind of just went the exact opposite direction from what mm-hmm. Halo CE did, but it did it well. So like it was a lot of it was a lot of action. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of like uh, badassery. Yeah, it was just yeah. a lot of just badass Master Chief and Arbiter moments um, that really kind of set the ground of like that Halo isn't just a you know a one size fits fits all thing that Halo can be different different types of uh, well put yes I like different that. types of just gameplay so like you go from like Halo CE where there's a lot of mystery and exploration and you know just like large scale combat to <clears throat> Halo 2 where there's just a lot of like badass moments and you know, d- different types of uh, like, I would say I wouldn't say like lore aspects, but more of a different types of like discovery stories. So like, you discover, like like the Arbor discovers the heretic, and you know he he discovers that like, you know the Great Schism, all that stuff like that, and then Master Chief is learning more about the Halo Rings, and you know Cortana's getting to, like, the the Cortana Master Chief dynamic in Halo Two was like peak was at its peak in Halo, yeah, in, hell yeah. in Halo 2. So, like, I really enjoyed that aspect because in CE, Cortana's more guide-in-chief, but in, in Halo 2, they have, like, this weird, like, combat dynamic. Yeah, and I think it, that's it has, Yeah, and it hasn't been recreated since, so, like... We were saying that <laughs> on the, on our little YouTube thing we've been doing. We were Josh was saying that um, Cortana's voice in Halo 1 sounded more... He said, I think you said, for lack of a better term, robotic, because she doesn't yeah. sound robotic, but she sounds no. what, like, I think Ian put it in the word we're looking for. She's more of a guiding guiding hand, a guidance in Halo 1. And then in Halo 2, it's like, 
you, you formed a relationship with her in one, but in two, it seems very much like, oh, Chief and Cortana are buddies, and they yeah. have this camaraderie and like like uh, the way they work through combat and the story and everything. And then, you know, you get to I think Halo. I think people would say that Halo Four did a good job um, with that after two. Like four is probably the runner up, but even then, I think it. I think it sounds like Ian agrees. Is like. Even though Halo Four, the way the relationship was done was masterful, it's different than Twos. Twos and Fours are, are not. Well, I was gonna say when you when I now that we're talking about this, it makes me think like Two and Four benefit in terms of the relationship those two have from what we got in One and Three because like you come from One and you get to see them kind of come together. Like I, I still think of the scene like on the mall, I think, and where he's like in the banshee. And she's like, "Pull up, pull up," and he's like. We'll be fine, or whatever, you know, like that. And you have that kind of like. She's like, we did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything you get to in Halo 2 with the two of them, it's a lot deeper. It's a lot more complex. And I think for me as a kid, even playing that the first time, like I liked that because of the build we got from their dyna- dynamic in CE. And then you get to Halo 3, and it's much more emotional. And it's like, I want to save Cortana. I don't want her to die. I don't want the chief to die. And everything feels on the line. And then you get into 4, and then that stuff actually happens. And it's like, I love that kind of now that I think about it, especially in two and four because of what we get in CE. What we a, get in- I think, I think, I mean, I think, the, I think everything flows. And I know there's people out there who adamantly don't like Halo Four, which is totally fine. But I think generally, it seems like most people think the story flowed pretty well all the way till five. I think five is the point where people thought, okay, something's a little off with the story because even though four was done by three four three and it kind of did some new things. When you look at it in retrospect, four four was a natural place for the story to go after three, but then five is where I mean I think that's kind of the the, the period we're in right now where it's like that really didn't uh, it didn't work as well. But before we get to before we get to that, I want to hear uh, Ian. What, so what did you think of Halo 3's campaign? And it sounds like you probably liked it less than the first two. Is, is that right? Yeah. So like uh, three three was just a good campaign, but it, it really didn't like grasp me like you know what i mean like it didn't like, yeah it didn't grip you yeah yeah, yeah yeah it didn't it didn't like uh i didn't really have to pay attention as much as i did in like one and one and two mm-hmm. so like three was like this is just a really it's a bunch of epicness but like i didn't have to pay attention to all that like like the magnitude of the epicness but when i went back in you know when I got older and went back, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot going on here." Like, yeah, I think we're all I think we're all oh, like yeah. that. Like, because uh, I I was one of those people that, you know, I've always been like a lore nerd and things like that. But even when I played Halo Three, I didn't really get completely what was going on. And then a couple years after Halo Three, I I deep dived and figured it all out. And then a few more years after that, I went to Josh and and I got talking to Josh and uh, and Josh didn't really know what had happened in Halo Three either. And I kind of laid it out for him, like how things, what was really going on in Halo Three. And Josh is like, I remember the set pieces. I didn't yeah. remember why I was like, doing Josh those was things. Like, oh, okay. was like, yeah, I, I knew we killed the prophet. I knew the flood helped us, but it's like I knew, but he didn't really connect it all, you know. And I, right. I think once it's connected, you're like, wow, that's a really good story. But uh, I think I think Halo Three, and, and I, I see Halo Three pointed to as the favorite Halo by. I mean, obviously. Every Halo game pretty much gets a chance to be... People say it's their favorite. You know, everyone's got a good uh, balance. But the one I see the most is probably Halo 3. And in my opinion, the reason why I feel like Halo 3 is, is Halo 3 is kind of the best of Halo. It's like the best of the greatest Halo. Greatest hits. Yeah. You know, like like Ian was talking about how Halo 1 and 2 kind of gripped him more than 3. Well, I feel like, I feel like 3 is less gripping, but 3 was a very... Safe sounds bad, but I don't mean it bad at all. It was more safe. It was like, okay, we're going to let you play as the chief. Arbiter's going to be there, but you're going to play as the chief. 
We're going to do all the things in this campaign we know fans love, all the bombastic moments, all the badass stuff. We're going to do that. We're going to play it safe. We're going to land the story plane. And then we're going to also give you the multiplayer you want. We're going to toss in theater mode. We're going to toss in this new thing called Forge. We're going to do all this. And like Halo 3 was just kind of this. And even the music, Marty, when Marty was talking about designing the music, he's like, if you listen to Halo 3 soundtrack, there's less completely original things there than there was in 1 and 2. But 3, he really took what was loved about 1 and 2 and mixed with it, played with it, added to it. So 3 was just this like best of package where you just get everything. Yeah, and yeah, I, totally I agree. Yeah, and uh, like I, I feel like Marty just went ham on the on the Halo Three soundtrack. Like he did. Like I could just see him having one of those just like Mozart's Beethoven moments where he's like <laughs> mixing like his hair is going everywhere. He's just, <laughs> he's just going he's just going crazy on the soundboard. And, yeah. <laughs> and like he just he really brings in like that those just very huge epic moments of Halo. Like you look at the skyboxes in, in Halo Three, like they're just massive. Like you look at the, like some of the moments like where the uh, Unto Don just like flies in on the arc and just like just, comes into atmosphere yeah. in gameplay. Yeah, it happened on the day of that game coming out, and I was sitting there. The thing freaking blew my character back. <laughs> my controller was just vibrating furiously. I was like, <laughs> now. I, was like, like, oh, I feel God. like I'm there on the arc. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was awesome, and I, of course we always we always. Every, I, I see everyone in the Halo community do this. We, we forget to mention Michael Salvatore, and I think it's because you know he's purposely a more reserved, private person. And Marty's yeah, definitely, he's definitely Marty, more introvert. Marty him. said he likes yeah. to be out there. He likes to be talking. But you know, it's like I feel like I feel like Michael Salvatore is probably the guy who's just like he probably wrote up some piece of Halo that we all love and adore. And he just kind of sent it to Marty. He's like, "Hey, see what you can do with this." And Marty did like did his stuff with it. And now it's like we only kind of we don't really realize how much Michael Salvatore probably really, you know, added. He to added that. a lot to it. I know when oh, I listen yeah. to especially like Destiny Two soundtrack that he did himself, and I can hear sometimes those like familiar, just the sound. You know, I can I can just tell like this is Michael Salvatore. And after hearing that, and going back and listening to the, some of the Bungie soundtracks, like I can, I can. I mean, I don't know factually, but like I can almost tell where his uh where he kind of put planted his feet on some of these songs and stuff like that yeah and you look at uh michael and marty's uh youtube channels like they they'll have like certain tracks from the uh, albums that they they each have posted so they don't post every track so like me as like an analyst i'm like all right you know so this must be like you know where michael really had a lot of impact and influence on that like this out this song yeah so but uh, like th- their dynamic is is unmatched in gaming. Period. Like when Marty and Michael touch touch an album, like it's like when men discover fire. <laughs> I, love <laughs> I like it. that. I love it. That's, I like that's, that. That's true though. Yeah, I, they're I, like a it's like a Lennon and McCartney type of thing when I think of them two together. Yeah, when you look at like a Destiny One soundtrack, like mm-hmm. ama- amazing, like like they 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 have literally blessed all of gaming when they created the Destiny 1 soundtrack <laughs> because yeah, like it's, before before that it was all all their stuff was on Xbox but when they came to the Destiny uh, side and they came to the Destiny team and, and made that Destiny 1 soundtrack they blessed all of gaming like everybody got to see Hell what, yeah. no, what, no, no, what, no, what like we were that, privileged yeah. to like have for almost 10 years it's it's crazy it's crazy the impact that the music's had on Halo because it, i you know, people say it all the time, but I don't think we think about it in practice. Like, how much that music s- helped to sell the appeal of Halo? Because a lot of times, when you look at the best music in gaming, a lot of times people point to 
uh, more like sometimes the indie titles are the ones like Ori in the Blind Forest or something. Sometimes those are the kind of things that really stand out. Or you get Zelda or things like that. But here's a bombastic shooter. A lot of times, you know, back in the day, a lot of people go like Halo's a dude bro shooter, and it kind of is. But it had this music that was beautiful to the point where my wife, who's tr tried Halo and doesn't like playing Halo, she doesn't enjoy it. If she walks by and I'm on the main menu of Halo or something, she hears that music. She goes, she just she just stops. She goes, that music is amazing. <laughs> because everyone just stops and admires it, you know. And I, I remember on that uh, that Halo, I think it was two docu, might have been three, but I think it was a two documentary where Jason Jones is like, I hate to admit it, but Marty makes everything we do here that you know twice that many much times better, you know. So I'm just Dude, when you get the ODSTs like, and you hear that jazz and the, the rain and everything. That's that part there in of itself is just an entire mood. You know, yeah. like it just puts you in a mood. Oh, it's it's, it. it's so good. That's that's one of the things I said on the Sacred Icon Halo Twitter the other day. I was like, I am absolutely loving Halo Infinite soundtrack. I am so happy. I don't want anything changed. But I really do admire that that period of time we were in from ODST to Halo Four, where we got completely new original stuff like ODST Reach and Four. There was really nothing familiar there at all. It was all mm -hmm. just new, and and I really miss that. And um. But I'm also like, you know, I hear the, you know, we just heard the, uh, what was the most recent track called? Oh, God. Through the, through the trees? Yeah, through, through the, the trees. Through the trees. Yeah, that's what it was. That. And you're just it, like, Dude, as soon as the voices kicked in, I had, I listened to it the first time, my, this huge smile spread across my face. And I, I don't know, that was the moment, like, I, even overseeing the gameplay where I just felt home. I, I, I don't know. That was What's like that. What's your favorite sort of, one so far, Ian? Which track? Um, oh my gosh, it, it's hard to choose. Why this is putting me on the spot? Uh, <laughs> you're good, you're good. Uh, like, he'll, he'll say something, and then afterwards, in the comments on Twitter, he'll be like, I changed my mind. It's actually uh, uh, set fire in your heart, Spartan. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I, I really liked it. I really do like the set of fire. That's because, my favorite because, like, it, like, the other two tracks, they really so, like, I feel like the uh, Halo Infinite right now is kind of those soundtracks are breeding a lot of familiarity. And uh, and I and I like that. I like that they're, they they really want to they, like they're really driving the spiritual reboot uh, feeling to the fans. Sure. But that, that set of fire to your heart is um, it 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 really shows that like the banish aren't on the same stuff the covenant are on. They're they're not on the same stuff that the uh, that like the Prometheans or the Flood. I love they, the they way don't you care, that. They don't they don't care about that stuff. They want to win. And they want to win battles. Yeah, and they, they they're thrilled by it. It kind of reminds me of like, like the predator. You know, like I'll, I'll give you a chance to live just so we can fight. You know what that, I mean? Exactly. Uh, love that. Um, I was actually because we're kind of going down a path here of like talking about Halo one, two, three. We're, we're about to go into four, but I'm gonna pause that for one second. I just want to ask you, Ian, what was your response and feelings when Halo Infinite got delayed? Like, how'd you feel? What do you, how do you feel about it now? What do you think? Um. So. I had mixed feelings at first, but like I, I was, I was completely understanding of like the delay. I'm like, hey, everybody's going through this, this uh, COVID nineteen stuff, and you know, like games are, are not having a good year for uh, 2020. Like a lot of games are getting pushed back next year. Developers aren't used to working from home. Like I've seen where we had one three four three employee working in his garage on like some makeshift desk, and I was like. Like imagine to make a Halo game. Yeah, to make a Halo game. You know, this this is the same. You know, this is the same developer that's used to going into work. You know, have like this high speed, low drag like equipment, and you know, right. working with a, t a group of people, a team. You know, they have sync meetings and stuff like that. 
but you know these people are you know dealing with you know at home with their families dealing with all kind of different you know new dynamics new chaos um so i was understanding to that fact you know i was sad as a fan but like i was understanding as a fan too and you know i just want them to have the best halo halo release possible at the end yeah. of the day if that, great if, mentality. That take, if that takes you know a few months later or maybe even a you know a full year to come out let's just make it the best possible halo release and then let's bring halo to be like that top tier game like it was back in the day you know where everyone was playing halo everyone was talking about halo halo was like the thing on tv yeah i want i want halo to like that status you know yeah that's a great that's a great mentality man uh, i think and I think anybody, if there's anybody out there who says that there wasn't any part of them, like you know, a lot of us say, we're we're glad that we got the delay because we, we they can make the best game that they can make, and that's how all three of us here feel. But yeah, you know, every now and then I see somebody say like, oh, you know, it doesn't, it didn't. I wasn't upset at all. I just loved everything about it. It's like I, I'm pretty sure every Halo fan just there's a little tinge in your heart that goes, I thought I was gonna be playing that in a few months. You know, that that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. As long, you know, we're accepting of, of the situation. We're glad they get more time, but like, like, man, I thought I was going to be playing a new Halo here soon. Yeah, I feel like the word, the best word to describe the feeling is like crestfallen. I think everyone was just crestfallen over when that happened because it's like we hadn't seen anything and we finally get gameplay. And at that moment for everybody, it's like, this it's is happening. finally happening. <laughs> and we're just a couple months away. We're starting to get some of these music tracks coming out and stuff like that. And then the suddenly monster energy like, drinks, like oh, yeah, the monster happening? energy drinks are leaking out, you know. And then suddenly they're like, "Well, hold on a second, <laughs> we're gonna reel this back, and we're gonna put this back in the oven." Uh, they even released those Tatcom shirts to the Halo Gear, and I was going to buy one, and there was only one left. And I said, "You know, I'll go ahead and give it to my buddy Ian. I'll, I'll wait." <laughs> 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 I can't get one; they're sold out, man. Yeah, I I get it though. I mean, I think I think everyone was just crestfallen because it's like you understand, but you still can't help but feel brokenhearted over it because it's like man you finally get to see what it's like it would have been a lot easier to deal with it still would have been hard but i think it would have been much easier to deal with had we not seen the gameplay and then we see all the gameplay and then then you finally get to see what this game looks like you know i think that's something to be said now too i was thinking about this uh earlier like well, it said holiday personally. at the end of the gameplay, right? Reveal. But little did we know they meant holiday twenty twenty one. But for for me personally, it's like, you know, I, I am glad I still got to see that gameplay though, because it's like, even if it doesn't come out until a year from now or whatever, I at least know in my head like, okay, this is kind of open ish. Like we all kind of long speculated about it. Like we have these concrete things now that we know at least. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, can't it's just cool that we got to we got to be involved in this community and, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build each other up for this next uh, waiting for infinite you know with everyone Hell doing yeah. their own content all the camaraderie it'll it'll be here before we know it, you know what i mean not to mention the multiplayer aspect which ian uh to go back to kind of what we were doing running through the the halos going into four now, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're pretty you enjoyed Halo 4's multiplayer, right? He's got a whole story. You got a whole story for us about this, don't you? Ian? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, so I was in I was in student status at uh, NES Pensacola for Halo Halo 4's release. I'd already had my pre-order. I pre-ordered like the uh, Halo 4 Xbox 360 Slim Edition. Nice. So like it was really beautiful, like just blue, like blue blue blacks with like this really shine to it, and it came with two 360 controllers. And my, my one of my favorite armors, the Photos armor, so it came with that code. Um, Very nice. So they wouldn't let me go pick it up. 
at a midnight release. They're like, you're on student status. Uh, you have to be secured by eight o'clock oh. p.m. And I was like, hell no. Come I, again? Yeah, yeah. I was like, me? I was like, secured for Halo? Like, no, nah, that's not happening. Dog. Like, that's not happening, dog. So uh, that's a whole lot of no. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I, I I lived on the third floor. So I ended up getting my roommates to tie our bed sheets together. So, no I could, shit. so I could repel out of the third story window. <laughs> have my, my cab, have my cab driver pick me up. <laughs> so he met me like a block away from where I stayed at. I, <laughs> my roommates repelled. No yeah, I repelled at the third story window. It was pretty fresh in my mind because I had just like graduated recruit training like a few months prior. So like, <laughs> I just one of the like, most badass stories I've ever heard in my life. And, that uh, is some Batman shit. I love it. Keep yeah, going. and so I, I made it there. I made it to GameStop in time. I was like. 10th or 11th in line and uh i got i got my halo 4 xbox 360 and i carried the box back into the barracks the dude looked at me he just he gave me like this acknowledge this head not acknowledgement of just like <laughs> and uh <laughs> i went back and played halo the entire night also i pre-ordered the uh like the hardcover guide and I was like reading through it i was like wow this is so much it came with like these uh these like mlg map cards so yeah, yeah. yeah, so they like showed me like all like the competitive st- uh, levels and like the callouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I grinded through the story, and uh, got my heart broken at the end, and it's real real tears. And you know, just, <laughs> like I always grind through the story before I hop into multiplayer. Like I will not touch multiplayer grind. unless I finish the story. So once I did that, I I, I, I continued to play multiplayer for the rest of the night, and. Uh, we had a PT that, that that following morning, so I went out. We we did like a little beach exercise, beach run, and like some calisthenics. And uh, I get back, you know, get showered, changed, and I just passed out on my bed. And that's why my buddy took a picture of me passed yeah. out. That's where I came from. That's awesome, dude. That's one of the coolest. Dude, that's ever. what do you would you say that's like your most memorable experience on a halo launch night or like what's the top of the line for you um so I w- that would go number two number one would definitely be uh my halo 2 when i was 13 okay so i was I, like halo 2 was just uh i i didn't i didn't think that my mom would ever let me be a part of like gaming and in, in that in that aspect you know yeah before like before it was like a casual thing but for me like after seeing like that halo 2 like e3 demo like i always wanted to be a part of like that 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 environment that sphere like yeah. always wanted to be involved in gaming in some capacity and you know that really drove my passion and my mom saw that and she allowed me to be at that midnight launch and you know oh. that was Good awesome parents, Good mom. Man. My, my, my mom did the same thing she was my mom didn't understand that stuff but like it was uh like i didn't get halo 2 at midnight launch but i got halo 3 at midnight launch and i my mom she recognized the passion so she ahead of time she let me skip school the day for Halo 3, and she took me to midnight, and she's, because I wasn't old enough, to, I was uh, 15 when I picked up Halo 3, so I wasn't old enough to get the copy, it was M-rated, so she stayed there in the car till midnight, got me my copy, called me into school saying I was sick when I wasn't to play Halo, because she knew how passionate I was, you know, that's good parents, man, I don't care, what, she cared about education, she cared about, she, you know, she, but she cared about my passion, too, and that, and that matters, that, yeah, you know, that's the, sweet. Thing, the thing I love about, you know, one of the, I, I'm I'm honored that uh, we can have you on this podcast and hear that story about you repelling out of the window because it's so that is freaking incredible. cool. And uh, I love doing this. This is one of the things I love about doing this podcast and getting to interact with people is like, 
You know, I think so many of us, when we were younger, we did ridiculous things like that because of mm -hmm. our passion for Halo. And you always kind of wondered in your head, am I am I wrong? Am I immature for doing this? Like, I'm probably the only one who does this. And then you find out, no, you got Ian rappelling down a window over here to get his Halo 4. <laughs> like, we were all so Dedication. passionate about this, and we did crazy stuff to make it happen. So cool. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember trying to like explain what Xbox Live was and how you need this other type of internet that's not dial up and it was just it was just a weird conversation to have cuz I didn't even fully understand it. But I remember like for me, I played a lot of sports growing up. So then when I got to the point where I started playing multiplayer, I realized like holy shit, like I didn't know video games could be competitive like that up to that point. And that was the game Halo 2 was the game to make me realize like this is not just you you know i can get this out of video games too not just sports and like then all of a sudden i was like okay i i went from like xbox live seeming like an interesting cool thing to like i have to have this and i have to have it for halo 2 i don't care that any other games other games have it or not i want this for halo 2 so i can play halo 2 for the rest of my life on xbox live yeah <laughs> that was my mentality at the time and then trying to have that conversation i mean I don't even remember all of that now, but uh, man, I'm so fortunate. My parents were in, helped me go through all that and did all the talking to set up the account and all that stuff when I didn't yeah, didn't well, know it and get that switched. I'll say one thing. I one other thing I can relate to you with uh, Ian is like because I, I went to, I had to work. I was working at uh, uh, John Deere warehouse, uh, long ten hour shifts when Halo Four came out, and I so I got off work at eleven o'clock at night. I went right to get Halo Four, and then I came home at like. 12.30, started playing Halo 4, played the campaign nonstop, didn't get up to even pee, uh, and beat the game by, like, 7 in the morning. And, you know, obviously, like you said, I'm like, Cortana, she died at the end of Halo 4. And I was just like, and it was, it, <laughs> he is wiping his eyes. I thought we were going to get a tear right now. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, just the way that Chief was, like, looking at her as he's realizing she's gone, and it was so emotional and everything, and then, I, that was the same day that came out was the day that you could vote for the president. So I went and voted, and then I went right to I got I got an hour of sleep and went right to work. And it was like, how am I supposed to sleep after like this this rush of playing a new Halo, consuming <laughs> all that story, and then Cortana dies, and then I got to sleep and go to work. It was just like I'm sure when you I'm sure that was all that was on your mind all day. Yeah, right? man. Oh, that's all all I could think about. I'm like, like what's next? Like. I was, I was, I was like, oh, I was at, I was at like a weird crossroads of like, I don't know what's gonna happen next. But you know, then Spartan Ops came out, and I was like, this is really cool. Like, yeah, more uh, so story. Like, yeah, I was like, I was like, we get more story, more lore. Like, I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I, did, I did not expect that direction for uh, from three four three. So like, I really, I really enjoyed Spartan Ops, and I was like, dang, like it's not a season two. I was like, yeah. Ugh. Oh, Dude, yeah. they do. They they will never three. In my personal opinion, three four three will never get enough credit for Halo Four because they came out swinging with. The, I understand it wasn't the same as Bungie, and some people wanted just uh, to be the same as Bungie, and that's a fair desire. But they came out confident and strong, and they really did right with the a, a great package there with Halo Four. And yeah, I just it was awesome. It was a great. It was a great time. I'm with you, Ian. Uh, I was just saying we skipped over Reach. What 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 was Reach for you? What, what, so, what do you think of that? So yeah, you're right. Yeah, Reach was uh, it 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 didn't stick. It didn't like this story was a really good story. I don't like me personally like like no offense to anyone else. I don't consider Reach like canon. 
and I can. I, I get, know. I get that. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, you know what? We can write, we can write off everything in Reach since they're all Spartan threes, and Spartan threes are like expendable. Yeah, I was like, let's just write off everything in Reach. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, uh, Eric Nyland's book was so much, so much better of a story. It's not, at least in my opinion, it sounds like your opinion too. Yeah, and like so, like that—that that was my mentality going into it. Like, I didn't see it as like a single thing. I thought it was like expanding on like the, what the story was, but it wasn't. So like it didn't hit right with me. But like, Reach has one of the best soundtracks in like all of Halo. Like it's up there. So it's like, great. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it's different. It has a lot of like r- like strong like uh, like strong trumpet music. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of a lot of percussion, a lot of good bass. Like it was. I feel like like Marty and Michael like they just went off the rails with that one. They were just like, you know what? We have free reign with that's uh, especially with like Reach and ODST. I feel like like Marty and Michael just like so we have this like passion project and we get to go off the rails with. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 yeah and they and they killed it. I think I think uh, you're one of many that would echo this the same sentiments with the story and the lore of that game. And um, you know I've said it to Josh many times on the podcast like. You know, we, we talk about, you know, you've already talked about it on this podcast, Ian, like Halo returning to its glory days and like you, you want Halo Infinite to be that thing where everyone's talking about it, everyone's playing it. Well, a lot of times when people cite Halo losing relevance or, or Halo going downhill, they always say it started with 343, it started with, with Halo 4, and it really was Reach. Reach was really where, um, and I think, I think there's a little bit of, you could say, for just the competitive people, ODST was was not as interesting for them for just the competitive players so odst didn't really do anything wrong but like as far as the competitive crowd they were pretty much still playing halo 3 so it was you know odst was a bit lackluster maybe for some even though we loved it and then reach came out and reach not only was the story it it, it wasn't as interesting as the fall of reach and it wasn't consistent and it screwed with the lore and then you had the multiplayer which many felt like it wasn't as competitive and the armor lock and what, what's that Ian? What, what I missed it. The uh, the like the overall multiplayer experience for me personally in Reach, I felt like the gameplay just what didn't flow as smooth as it did. In Many felt like that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Then the sandbox wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't as good, and it was just really really gritty like environment wise. Yeah, yeah, I feel that way too. When I went back and played Reach's multiplayer after it came to MCC, I was, I played it for like a good week or two straight where I was just playing the shit out of it. But then I was just like, this doesn't quite stick with me as well as the other ones. And I couldn't quite piece why. It wasn't like just the armor lock and stuff. It just had a different flow to it, I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah like it was still a good game, like standalone. But like absolutely. It, it just didn't hit right with me. Yeah, I feel young. Yeah, I think that was definitely, you know, that was, the, that was where fans started to go, you know, Okay, there's something I don't like here, and I think, you know, and it's never it's never my prerogative to lift up three four three and downplay Bungie because my favorite Halos are, are the ones my my absolute favorite Halos from Bungie. I love Bungie; they created the franchise, and I also love three four three. But um, you know, I think when when you look at it, you know, you kind of can't you can kind of give three four three a little slack on the direction they took with Halo four and its multiplayer because. It really looks like an extension and an evolution of what they did in Reach with the armor abilities and and sprinting and things. The like loadout that. So, so briefly, yeah. You know, if if you're if you're a new studio and you're trying to take over one of the most beloved franchises of all time, and you're looking at what your what the original creators did as they left the project to you, 
you'd think, okay, I probably need to expand on this. I probably need to continue to build off of what they did. And then, you know, Halo 4 came out and, you know, I love Halo 4's multiplayer. I thought it was great. And I really enjoyed it. I love the campaign. Um, but then it was it was pretty clear after Halo 4 came out to both the community and 343, okay, we need to do something different about the multiplayer here because it's kind of gone too far off the, the, the beaten path. Um, did you like did you like Halo 5's multiplayer, Ian? Uh, I absolutely love it. I feel like Halo 5 is like one of the most refined multiplayers 100%. in all of shooters. Like, if you take Halo off of Halo 5, like, if you take Halo off of, like, the name and just call it Guardians, it would have probably been, like, the best shooter of this console generation. Yeah, it was... Oh, I, dude, I think people, people, that. People, I agree completely. People just give it so much, uh, just so much crap because it's, uh, it's Halo and people are like, this isn't Halo. Like, yeah. I know what Halo is. This is Halo. Yeah, hey, the, the yeah. title, the Halo branding was a detriment to that game more than it was a benefit. Um, yeah, even, it definitely was. I, I was about to, I mean, we're going into that now, so I'll, I'll let you speak on this, Ian. But, like, I, I, I'm even somebody who, I love playing Halo 5's campaign. I, I do have a lot of problems with that story, a lot of things I don't like. And I don't think the story is particularly great, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm beating around it. I guess I don't think the story's good in, in Halo 5. I, I think the story's pretty poor. Um, but I do really enjoy that campaign, and I do really enjoy the gameplay and the multiplayer. So much fun to still play. Top yeah. tier. So how, what was Halo 5 like for you, Ian, with the, the marketing, the build-up, and then when you finally played it, how would you feel about the game? Um, so the marketing was amazing. The build-up was, like, just, just really God-tier. intense. Really, yeah. Like, yeah. And, I hadn't felt that way since 3. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Like, we're going to get, like, some epic stuff in. And then uh, I played a campaign. It was it was really lackluster. Um, it didn't the direction it went like it was a, it, like for it was a decent direction I see where they were going with it but it wasn't a direct sequel from uh, Halo 4 so like from Halo 4 to Halo 5 it was just a huge gap and a lot of information that like hey I'm if I was a casual player like what what the heck is going on yes and you know I feel like as a game game uh, you if you're gonna make a direct sequel you that, that gap either needs to be explained filled in but it can't just be not addressed. And you know, yes. by saying like, "Hey, we'll read the extended lore," like that's not the right. That's not the right answer. Like it has to be addressed. Like, and uh, like if you play Gears Five, like they they explained everything up to Gears Five, yep. and so so if that was like your first Gears playing, like you would see like everything that's going on and why you're in this current position. You could do that with you could do that with Halo Five, and it would have been that would have been, been perfectly okay. But um, I like the environments in Halo 5's campaign. I, uh, I feel like they could use a little bit more color. Um, Genesis was an interesting environment, and uh, but for the most part, the campaign just didn't didn't sit right with me. Yeah, I feel young. That's that. the most definitely the most common opinion. Like I always feel like when I think about it, I feel like I had fun playing it in terms of like just the gameplay, the mechanics, but the story was just it made it kind of hard in a way it made it harder to enjoy those good mechanics because it was like even from the first cut scene when you're like what is halsey doing and and then it just kind of like fades to black with all the cut scenes and you're like wait wait it feels like every cut scene ends abruptly you know and i'm just like what i, I, I want more of this like why is why is Locke just standing there and and Buck's like, it's like, hey, Locke, at Buck him. just talked to you. Are you going to answer? He's like, no, I'm going to stare off into the distance until the screen goes black. Yeah. <laughs> it was just hard. I think it was just so hard. It was a shock to Halo fan systems because even if you weren't somebody who was a fan of 4, I think the, the, the cultural or the 
the fan base had just was all mutual agreement that story-wise, Halo had never been bad. Maybe it wasn't your favorite, maybe it's something you didn't like, but ultimately it was done well for a straight, what was that, for straight 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Halo 5 and you're like, you know, it's hard for me to admit, but Halo had its first bad story. It wasn't good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Ian, I was going to ask you, uh, as someone who really enjoyed Halo 4's multiplayer, two questions. One, how do you feel about Sprint as a whole? And then two, when you first got to see the gameplay reveal for Halo 5, what was your impressions? What was your takeaway? Um, so, like, so what, what I like about Halo 4's multiplayer is it, it's very embedded with the lore of, like, the UNSC Infinity. So you have, like, the Infinity War games, like... Like, those ordnance drops come straight from the Infinity. I, I get it. Like, they disrupted the, the sandbox and, you know, caused rewards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Halo 4 had, like, its maps were built from the ground up. So, like, they were very original. Um, they were, like, lush environments, like, lots of colors, but weren't, weren't, weren't like, uh, overbearing on, like, the sensory of, like, the environments. So, like, the lightings weren't too bright. Like, the colors weren't too, like, vibrant. They're just right. Yeah, I can see so, that. Like, they they had like that perfect balance. Um, as far as Sprint goes, like Sprint's been in Halo longer than it hasn't been in Halo. So like, right. It's it's here to stay. I I, yeah. I like it because it, it kind of it modernizes the sandbox. Like Bungie has always wanted Sprint in the game, and uh, I feel like Halo Five has mastered the Sprint mechanic. Um, yes, Halo, Halo Four was almost there, but like the fact that you could Sprint and Get your, still get your shields recharged was like a, a definitely a, a negative on the sprint. Yeah. Imbalance issue, yeah. It's just too easy to like to you know you had to jump on somebody and they could just run and run and run until you weren't able to kill them and it just it wasn't fair you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Halo Four's like sandbox like its hit registration was probably perfect. Like I, I've not felt shots hit as well as they have in Halo Four. Um. Uh, like. Halo 5 has probably mastered the sandbox element as far as, like, hey, like, this is... Well, it's for smaller battle arenas, like, smaller arenas, Halo 5 has probably mastered it. For bigger, um, probably Halo 3. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think that it definitely seems like Halo... At least in my opinion, Halo 5 seems like it was designed down this funnel of, like, let's master the 4v4 arena play and let's refine it, refine it, refine it, and then once it's refined, let's spend another year refining it. I mean, it feels so perfect but then everything outside of that you know the the big team battle and other kind of modes like that feel like okay more could have been done here probably yeah definitely what was it like when you first got to see that halo 5 multiplayer Um, what was your takeaway so like uh i I was um i was kind of like it was it was a weird mix because when i first saw it i was trying to understand like like what like like what exactly is like the mechanical changes from four to five. So I'll, I'll spend a lot of time just computing that in my head. And then I went back and watched it and I was like, this game's going to be really good. I was like, hell yeah. I was like, this game's going to be really good. And like, I was hoping that, uh, it took off the way we wanted. And then, you know, like we, they tried to drive like the breakout scene and breakout the fun game mode, but it just didn't catch, catch fire. Like, uh, they wanted it to, but, uh, yeah, no, that reminded me a lot of like, was it ex- execution in Gears of War? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I was really and it excited had, like, for that. Real like Tron feel, like esque feel to it too. Yes. So like I was oh, I love like you said that I was like oh this this seems really cool like Spartans and simulations like just kicking each other's butt. I was like all right 
I think I think we got something here. You talked yeah. about like trying to compute it. I, that's a good way to put it because like my brain literally couldn't compute it when like. See, we talked about this before. Like, we thought, okay, after Halo Four, they're probably gonna go back to classic gameplay. But then the the first time we see Halo 5's gameplay, the freaking assault rifle has aimed down sights, and I'm like, what in the world <laughs> is happening? Like, like I, you could have, if somebody had told me there was gonna be aimed down sights for uh, the assault rifle, I would have said, no, there's no, it's that's impossible. And they made it work. I mean, I think it's all. I, Halo Five is Josh's favorite multiplayer. It's it's pretty much tied for me with Halo Two. You know, the reason I say it's because I actually think Halo 5 is better than 2, but I feel like 2 as a whole, with all of its modes and its big team battle, much better than 5. Because I, I just don't think 5's big team battle is is worth you playing know, for me. Not to go so. completely, not to go off subject here, but I was thinking about this the other day too, and I thought, you know, out of all the Halo games that's gotten DLC for their maps, I still think Halo 2's post-launch DLC, like all their maps, are always going to be my favorite over what oh, we got in like Sanctuary. All the oh, Sank. Sanctuary yeah. top tier. <laughs> he was you like, get, speaking like, my language. <laughs> the the Hang'em High remake, I can't remember what it was called. Tombstone, maybe? I don't know, yeah. but it was yeah. it was like nice icing on the cake of what was already good there. Like, I think the only map I guess I could pick apart and say I don't like as much as, I think it was Gemini? Yeah, it was Gemini. I didn't like that one as much. Did you like, which was the one with all the shipping crates? Is that elongation? Uh, like the, 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 which the belt? The conveyor belt? Yeah, it had a, in Halo yeah. 2, it had a belt that was moving crates. Yeah, it was, it was two, the one with the two belts on each side. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That one seemed kind of just okay to me. I love Terminal. Oh my gosh. Terminal's so good. Yeah. Turf and Sanctuary, oh, like you oh, said. Yeah, God tier maps. God tier maps. Yeah. Um, okay, but before, so what we're going to do, we're gonna, the last thing we'll do, Ian, is I want to hear all your thoughts on Infinite, direction it's going, the gameplay reveal. Then we're going to do a uh, patron question we got and we're gonna get out of here so infinite man like what did you think when uh, you take us all the way back from 2018 trailer 2019 trailer all the way up to this demo like how have you been feeling about infinite so for uh 2018 i was there like at e3 for the reveal so like i was oh ex- shit insanely hype i was first wow, front awful. row first seat like i was Ooh. there there like phil spencer walked right in front of me for that one no, and I was, oh, so dude. Cool. What do you smell like? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so like that that trailer just got me hyped. Like I jumped out of my seat and started screaming. Um, so like seeing seeing that Space Engine demo and like, love it on a massive screen in 4K was insane. Um, so like I was oh, yeah. I was pretty hyped for then uh, the 2018 demo. I was like I was I was confused because I was like you know I see you know 28 uh, 20 I mean 2019 demo so. 2018, you see Master Chief on the ring, you see his helmet, you know, you see him driving the Warthog and the Marines, so it pops him up. Yeah. Then 2019, you go and you see, like, you see uh, Brohammer just, like, wipes the the window and sees Master Chief floating in space. So I was confused. I was like, what the heck happened? Yeah. So Chief got worked? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Chief? In space? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but, you know, fast forward to 2020, like, gameplay reveal, like, I liked it. I I really enjoyed like they that they they kept the, the same elements. They added on to you know new like new elements with the grapple shot. You know being able to manipulate the environment to to your advantage. And then yeah. they they uh, they're making this environment huge, like expansive and scalable. Um, I like that. Like the uh, they're adding more weapons to the sandbox. Um, that's so like seeing like the commando in play like that, that looks, yeah. looks pretty dope yeah. and, then, it, and then the fact that the Halo 2 VR is still staying in my favorite yep. so like <laughs> yeah. so after you saw reason, that yeah. demo Ian were you just hyped or were you 
either either feeling is completely acceptable. Like me and Josh were super hyped, but our, there was a lot of people who were just like, man, the the graphics, I just didn't, it didn't look good to me. What yeah, I'm, obviously you saw that. Too. Yeah, I, uh, so I went back and watched the video in 4K, and I thought everything looked fine. So like, that's where I'm at. So I, I didn't I didn't see an issue with the graphics. Um, only only it's like my biggest uh, like complaint I would say was that they didn't show the ray tracing that aspect because like. Mm. Yep, seeing seeing sure. things with ray tracing and seeing how the lighting affects that affects the graphics makes it a world of difference um, when it comes yeah. to uh, just like the, like the um, I want to say graphical fidelity but more of just like the visual aspects of of how a game looks so like how lighting just affects like uh, the way Chief Armor looks and you know the way like this this 4K and this HDR stuff is affected makes a, mm-hmm. a world of difference so. You know, if we do get another like demo, I would I would hope that they show like the ray tracing aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be but awesome. Overall, I was I was extremely hyped for Halo Infinite. I'm I'm excited for what this game's going to be and how it's going to be a platform for the next ten years of Halo. And hell yeah, I I want this game to be the best game possible. Yeah, and if it takes that time, man, it, it's worth it. What I know you have like almost nothing to go off of, but just of what we've seen, how are you feeling in about like? The multiplayer like what what vibes are you getting you think it's gonna be something you're gonna like i know you gotta make a big stretch here to make that claim because we don't really know much but how do you feel um it, it really all depends on like how how the weapon sandbox works because they're adding a lot of weapons so you know big team battle is definitely going to be a fun experience um yeah, with a lot a lot new we- lot, lot new a lot of a lot of new weapons and uh a lot more you know with these huge maps so like that might change the entire dynamic of like how we even know Halo as it is today. Um, as far as like you know the traditional four v four arena, you know super hyper competitive gameplay. I hope that is, I hope that is like you know tested and proven and, and you know comes out balanced where like there's little to no refinements that ever have to be made. Um, it's yes. For those competitive Absolutely. players, so you know I want I want Halo esports to be to be like extremely successful you know one of the top tier esports i want you know halo multiplayer would be one of the most most played multiplayers in uh, all of gaming i wanted to have like fortnite numbers oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be great yeah. hey free to play multiplayer man it's possible exact, exactly yeah. and you know I, I want like you know you know the, you know the core classic you know like those those guys have been playing like you know halo since they were you know in diapers that you know to have those same feelings you know be able to recreate those experiences with friends and to just you know enjoy Halo as much as they can, you know there's you know there's a lot of people that you know you know complain time to time. If I just want people to get on Halo, enjoy playing Halo, have fun, and you know make good memories. Yeah, no, yeah, I, absolutely. I, you know, I was I was gonna save this little part for the end, but I just want I mean, and I know Josh is gonna echo the same thing, but it's one of the reasons we we love interacting with you on Twitter. We want to have you on the podcast. It's like you're such a positive voice in the Halo community. Absolutely, and uh, you should feel proud of that, man, because I mean. You're a positive voice that gets noticed, you know. And I think when people have an influence, you know, they should. I don't think they need to be positive just because they have an influence. But you know, I think when you have an influence, you should be aware of it and and know what that does. You know what I mean? Like, if Ian, if you're on there hating on every little thing about Infinite, it's going to inspire people to hate on it. You know, it's the same for us. It's like when we talk positive about Halo, we focus on the things we like about it. It gets other people in the mood to be excited about. It. You know, people come by. People are upset about the graphics, and they come by Sacred Icon Halo, and they're like, "Damn, these dudes are excited for that game!" Like, 
I, I remember what it was like. I, you know what? Come to think of it, I want to be excited for Halo. I like Halo, you know, and that's and that's what you do when we come across your stuff. It's like you, you help lift up the community, dude, and, and we love it, man. We just love yeah, it. honestly, if we didn't have you in the community, we'd be a lesser place for it, man. Because every time I see your tweets on there, that's just like more content for me, whether you're streaming or whether you're just posting about stuff. But like, there's people that I've seen you post stuff from. Them, I'm like, oh shit, I'm not following them. I gotta go follow them. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So. Uh, you are a blessing to the news feed. And also, he posts himself in like the Halo gear, looking straight baller. And he's fresh just, to death. It's almost man, like he's saying, time. "Like Halo's awesome. Deal with it." <laughs> no, but I feel you on the uh, on stuff like you were talking about the gameplay mechanics and stuff. I mean, when, when I saw the grapple shot, my mind just went like, <laughs> "Like, if we're able to play something like Big Team Battle, and somebody like if you're in if, if if I'm playing against you guys and Brian's driving the warthog you've got the flag and you're in the passenger if I'm able to possibly grab the flag from you with the grapple shot and just take it I mean the dynamics that could come from that is just insane to me or or like another friend you know is like can't re- Brian can't reach you in time and you're about to die and you Brian you know there's a grapple shot there that happens and takes the flag like I don't I mean who knows if we'll be able to even do that, but like it goes to show you like when they as soon as he used the fusion coil, I was like, Oh my god, this is a new era. This is like this is I'm 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 in it to win this. Like I love the dynamics that could come with that. I mean just it, it grapple shotting on a ceiling to go over like some arc or something. I'm so like glad that, Josh know? and I managed to capture our live reactions of that of the of the demo because uh, you often can't relay to people how you were feeling watching the demo afterwards because you've been had time to simmer down, but like that was us genuine, man. We were just like, oh, shit, he picked up the fusion call. Dude, he's doing it. And, like, Josh is like, he's got a codex, man. I told you he was going to have a codex. He's going to have a map. A map, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great moments, man. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll ask. Uh, we got one patron question from our buddy, Photon, Spicy Meme Lord. Um, he says, yes. we're going to let Ian we're gonna let Ian go first. If you guys could oversee a small writing team and be able to create your own Halo novel, what would that be? You got anything on your mind for that, Ian? Kind of Ooh, yeah. All right. So if we're going to you know, oversee a small Halo novel, I think we should uh, really just talk about, like, I think, I think we, should, we should do justice by Locke. Like, we, we, need, we, need, we, need to, we need to fix his, like, we need to fix, like, how he was portrayed in Halo 5 and, uh, and let's make fans just fall in love with Locke. Like he like they did a really good job in like the Nightfall series, but I don't like. But he kind of just didn't seem as likable as a character in Five. A lot of people are like this. This guy is going to take take Chief. Yeah, <laughs> lock. No, dude, you're you're completely. You know, the thing is, like, as much as much as reasonably possible, I actually like Locke. Like, I like that dude. But when I say that. I say that knowing I like him as much as you anyone potentially can because for me to sit here and tell everyone that they they were they were not they misunderstood him and they were not paying attention and he's actually a really good character I feel like that would be a lie that's just not fair because he wasn't done proper justice but I really do see the potential there and and they really put effort into him it just didn't come across right so I yeah I would love to read that 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 novel I completely agree I think that would be my answer too like when he has that line and Halo 5 says something like you're not the only one here because of him. Like I would love to see more of that explored yeah. in a story. And a, and a book would really help enhance that for sure. Yeah, yeah that's a perfect answer. There's, there's one one little tidbit too. I'll probably do like a really in-depth like 
story only singly focused on Spartan Thorn from Halo Four. Ooh, another great. He was almost in five. I I wish he was. Like I I feel like Thorn would have been like that. He I feel like they put him in place to take over for you know Master Chief if they had to ever like write him out of the story. And um, I never thought of that. That's yeah. kind of a good point because like he gets to he gets to interact with Halsey and stuff too. That's it's kind of a good setup. That's yeah. a good point. And you know Steve Downs is getting up there in age, and you know God bless his soul. We don't we nobody wants to see him go, but like life, life just isn't, you know is unpredictable. Right. So, I mean, even if he lives to be a hundred, I mean he's still it's not like forever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, and you know, it would be I think it'd be a shorter novel. It wouldn't be like a huge one. But what I would like personally, I would like a book about the pilot. From the Infinite trailer, and I would like it to be about him, uh, inter- live like interact like live during the time where he's with his family, whether it's just his wife or his wife and kid. I don't know if the kid's born yet or whatever, and it's just kind of a novel about uh, from his perspective and what his life looks like from from a normal human standpoint, while he looks he, his viewpoint on like the UNSC, the Covenant, the Prometheans, the wars that are taking place, the Spartan program, to just get this really grounded take on what it's like for him to live in that world so that when I read that book, I have that much more of a fun- fundamental understanding of like what kind of person he is as a normal dude and infinite. That's what I would like. I was getting like, well, the first half of that conversation you had me, I'm thinking like I'm getting full house vibes and I'm like, <laughs> I want the no. Danny Tanner version of bro and then like when you see when you see hear about him wanting to get back to his family it's because you know like danny tanner just wants to get back to those wholesome family there, values there is stuff. no bob saget in the pilot book that i'm writing Come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah okay guys well man we have had such an awesome time here talking to ian uh absolutely we, we thought it'd be cool to have this dude on and it was cool uh, just like Major Nelson always says. So, um, Ian, do you want to like uh, shout out your your Twitter and your, where you're where you're live streaming at and stuff so people can find you? All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Big Dog Mills. That's B I G D A W G M I L L S. You can find me at Facebook.gg slash Big Dog Mills or Twitch.tv slash Big Dog Mills. Hey, I appreciate um, Sacred Icon Halo for having me on. Uh, it's my favorite podcast. I hope it's yours too. Oh, dude, Ian. Right in the feels. That made right my whole, end. not just my day, man. That made my whole week, dude. I, yeah. Favorite podcast. Dude, we're honored, man. You're 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 just, you're such a great member of this community. Uh, you know, I said it, I said it on the Haruspis episode, I was like, you come on our podcast. If we want you to be a guest on our podcast, you're going to be showered with praise. So it's not, it's just who we are as people. We're not trying to, you know, but yeah, dude. we can't help it. So Ian, you're an awesome dude. You're always nice to interact with. You're incredibly sociable. Your content is super great. I wasn't able to pop in that stream for long, but the one I did, I was like, I want to stay here longer. I don't watch a whole lot of people stream, but I was like, I, w- I would totally watch Ian's for hours. You know, I was digging it. You were wrecking people with that shotgun. But, uh, yeah, so. You're just, no, kind, man, you're I just love, kind, dude. And that counts yeah, he's so, so kind. And it makes it makes all the stuff you do all the more enjoyable and stuff like that. So it's a huge honor to have you on the show, man. And de- we definitely want to have you on again at some point. Yeah, but, thank uh, you. We'll do. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. All right, guys. Well, if you want to hit up Josh, he's at Jovial Joshy. I am at Jovial Joshy. Brian's Bane. Uh, Brian's Bane. If you want to, the best place to interact with us is on our Twitter at Sacred Icon Halo. Um, if you guys could, we have a patron that you guys can go to. That's at patreon.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. 
But if you guys uh, don't feel like you know giving monetarily anything and you want to help out at all, one thing Josh and I would really love is that Josh and I just started uh, doing more YouTube content, and right now we're playing through Halo 1 with some of our goofy banter and stuff. And uh, It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you could just check that out, like and subscribe, that would mean as much to us as the patron. It's just something that we're passionate about doing. It's just fun for us. So if you could do that, we'd love that. But uh, guys, we're, uh, we're so glad we could have you in here, and it's been a great great conversation we're excited for you guys to listen um we will see you guys on the next sacred icon halo podcast uh this is brian that's josh peace keep it sacred guys josh take us out